2: to help you improve your mindset, your leadership, and your team performance. To me, our mindset is the next frontier, so let's find out why. Hello, and welcome to this week's show. I hope you're still on track to wrap up all your projects and goals before the end of the year, and that you're looking forward to some well earned downtime with your family and friends. For today's show, I've taken some of the content from our recent Members Club webinar event, where we had entrepreneurs and execs from all around the world, joining us for a Zoom coaching call to explore the key strategies for leading through uncertainty. I've been supporting a wide range of companies in a variety of sectors this year, from technology, defense, energy, pharmaceuticals, consulting, and automotive and everyone seems to be grappling with how to navigate the disruption and turbulence out there. So this pulls some of those key issues together. I've also been reading and listening to lots of content around resilience and happiness, and I saw a bit of a philosophical parallel. For example, one approach to coping in times of uncertainty as an individual is to try and create more certainty, to have control by setting assumptions, setting clear goals and accountabilities. And then the other way to go is to relax and go with the flow, to have less long-term expectations and commitments, and to trust yourself, to back yourself, to do the right things as conditions change. It's almost like if we want to be a perfectionist, we have to have these set rules. But if we want to be happy, we have to have less expectations and live in the moment. These are two polar extremes, and they give us some really interesting ingredients for our own plan of leading our organizations through uncertainty. Throughout the year, our members have come together for these live events to discuss key themes like resilience, leading change, well-being, and creating a strong team culture. But the idea of this session was to share some strategies around navigating uncertainty. And the normal format is that I share a few concepts And stream a couple of our key video insights from our digital coaching platform and then we break into small discussion groups and share best practice from our own industries and it's a brilliant opportunity to see captains of industry chatting with football managers, best-selling authors and entrepreneurs in a really safe and supportive environment. If you actually want to get a flavour of one of these events I'm actually running a free session for all of our podcast audience on Monday the 23rd of January 2023 at 1pm GMT. So follow the link in the show notes and join me and I'll be sharing some inspirational insights from the amazing experts in our platform. And if you want to supercharge your mindset and leadership in the new year, this will be a great way. So just jump on the link, put it into your diary and I look forward to seeing you there. So let's dive straight into the session where I was setting up the discussion and sharing some of the key insights. So I think the first point is about the context, I guess. And and certainly for those of us in the UK, we were just getting used to Brexit and the idea that things had changed there. And then obviously we've got massive political instability. We've got the energy crisis, that the prices are are soaring um, due to the the sort of Ukraine, Russia uh, situation. We've got supply chains being challenged we've got we already had loads of tech disruption and changing consumer demands and then when we saw the pandemic hit we moved from um, sort of 50-50 people going into shops or people buying online and collecting from shops and then we sort of shifted and advanced through to hyper-personalized shopping and being delivered almost instantaneously to our door And, and we can see now that there are even um, these, I don't know if you've seen the shopping carts that are coming along the road where they're part of Amazon's delivery, uh, where there's those sort of automated vehicles come and knock at your door and give you your Amazon goods. So there's huge disruption going on. And I think this just makes it very, very difficult to try and create some kind of plan. And our brain, if you've seen John Coates' insights, the neuroscientist in the platform, he talks a lot about these three factors of novelty, uncertainty and uncontrollability being the stresses in our environment, in our brain, because our, ba- our brain's built for safety. It doesn't like you know, lots of new things being sprung on it. It doesn't like uncertainty about when the inflation rate will drop or when this new government legislation will come through. And it doesn't like us feeling powerless as part of a tiny cog in a massive machine. So somehow we have to try and create this mindset that we can almost predict what's coming. Um, We we can be more certain about shorter term goals and we've got more control. We've got more efficacy. We've got more, um, we're empowered to make a difference. And almost this sense, some of the webinars that I've been doing around well-being have been trying to encourage people to be the CEO of our own energy company, almost taking control of our mindset and our behavior and our habits to say, well, yes, all of this stressful environment is around me, but how can I take control of some of the choices in, in my life and, and, and move from there? So this is this is part of the context that we're trying to deal with. But basically, when we think about our brains wanting to stay safe and do what we've always done and and, you know, rely on, past successes, then we need to, as leaders, create this calm microclimate for our teams so that they don't see all the disruption and uncertainty and volatility outside. They just get a a sense of calm. They trust their instincts. They trust each other and they go on their strengths and work slowly and methodically through, almost like we're driving through the fog. We can't see what's down the line, but we can see where our headlights are lighting in front of us. So is the kind of environment we're operating in and the first half of the strategies i guess these are you know a good debate will come in a minute because part of it is trying to grab control in an uncontrollable world so as i mentioned before our brain will always try and attend to the threat so this is the economic recovery the government policy these things are out of our control completely and we can't even influence them but our brain because it is looking for the threat and what it means to us This is a threat to our self-esteem. This is a threat to our financial security or our livelihoods or our reputation. So we constantly look for this. And it's married by the fact that the media are constantly trying to get our attention. So the stories of somebody having a quite a good Monday, an average Tuesday and a slightly better than average Wednesday isn't relevant. It's not going to get our attention. But these huge polar sort of uh, headlines are the things that drag us left and right. And, and that's what sort of gets our attention. So our brain's primed to look out for these things and the media are shouting about them and they tend to be very uh, sort of catastrophizing type headlines. Then we've got this middle band with the things that we can influence, but, you know, we still can't control. So this might be influencing our team about their priorities. It might be influencing our stakeholders. It might be influencing some key strategic partners that we've got in our organizations. Again, they will have their own business initiatives, but if we can build that trusted relationship through challenging times, then that's clearly going to be a benefit to us when the market returns. So again, that's where we should be putting a little bit of our our energy. But this ideal mindset really that we want to move towards is where I control my own environment. And I I know that um, I can sort of, raise my optimism. I can set my own goals. I can dial down the amount of time I spend looking at, you know, negative news. Um, I can focus on my well-being and my priorities through the day. And I can surround myself with optimistic entrepreneurial, you know, problem solvers rather than negative people who say things will never change. So these are the things that are in our control. and, And that's where this first part of the session is looking at how can we create more control for people so that we're focusing maybe 70% on our own mindset, 20% on the networks and, and 10% out on these headlines rather than 90% worry about it. Another way that we might find control within an organization is that we have this one all knowing boss and he or she is completely clear on what's going to happen and what needs to happen for the business. So we've got this directive that comes down from the head office And then we've got everyone has to fall into line alongside it. So on the left-hand side of this, we've got individuals that are explained, this is exactly what we expect from you. There's a bit of negotiation and discussion about perhaps how that job is going to be delivered. And then we've got that acceptance from the individual. And then we've got commitment. And it's pretty much compliant to the job spec that was given to them. So that's, again, tightening the nuts and bolts around the machine. But of course, if we are working remotely, we can't just have every individual knowing what their role is. We need to have the whole team having this almost a sixth sense for, well, I know Bob's got that, or I know Sarah looks after this. So having that ability to get together or doing some kind of virtual huddle where we all go around in a circle and explain the roles, you know, the, how we're going to deliver into this strategy, the bits that I'm going to promise I'm going to deliver, and the bits where Perhaps I'm going to hand off to somebody else. It's often those crossover points between the roles where there's a gray area that great teams understand that. Kieran Reid, the All Blacks captain, in his interview talked about this timing and this sixth sense that amazing teams have, where they know each other so well. They know each other's behaviors under pressure. That they almost pick up the baton before it gets dropped or they you know they don't duplicate too much because they know somebody else has got it and they trust each other to do it so we've got individual clarity and and role clarity we've got an understanding of the team and how everyone's going to operate and all of those roles are then aligned up to this strategic directive that the senior leader has come in with and we make sure that i know that the work that i'm doing today is not only part of my team's goal, but we're also aligned up to this this sort of longer term mission that we're on together as an organization. So these are some of the ways that we can start to build control and alignment in around our teams. But there is a sort of second way that we can think about this. So one is trying to almost control the environment and the other one is trying to accept what's going on and almost trust our instincts more than relying on these sort of more mechanical types of leadership. So I thought I'd share with you a couple of insights from the platform. Uh, Yotta Tobias um, has got a specialism in mindfulness. She's a, a senior lecturer and a, a psychologist doctorate at, at City University. But she talks a lot about how teams can organize themselves in really challenging times. So let me share this insight with you from Yotta Tobias. I'll just go into the platform and uh you know, listen to this insight from Yotta.
1: In this volatile world, leaders that admit that they don't know and leaders that need to involve other people, or that actively involve other people, and leaders that say, I might have been wrong here, help me, are the most effective leaders. So what does that mean? That means that leaders tell me that they still need to make decisions and they still need to set a strategy. But if the environment it's not only unpredictable but actually unknowable, right? We don't know what we need to do in, uh, in the face of stuff that we have no idea of how to plan towards. We actually then need to have a more fluid strategy and we need to have decisions that allow us to change tack. But that's not how leaders believe. They are perceived by those that look, look at them and that, that look to them for leadership. So I actually think The safest and actually most evidence-based way to help leaders set strategy in a volatile world is to help them become comfortable with not having a firm strategy and to become comfortable with asking for help and to become comfortable with saying, I don't actually know. And then watch what happens and manage their own anxiety as They are bombarded with all their thoughts and feelings of judgments about how do they judge me and how will they perceive me in this environment where I think I need to set a firm strategy. That requires a lot of self-trust and self-confidence.
2: So we're moving from an environment here where we've got um, command and control. Ultimately, somebody's made the big decisions. They're coming from the top down. There's definite certainty. And we then push that down through the teams and the organization to be compliant to the plan. But what Yotta is talking about here is that, and I love that line, the future is unknowable. Actually, you know, a lot of it, we can't predict what's going to happen. So it's more about, can we get comfortable in ourselves not knowing? So for us as leaders, can we handle that emotion of not being the sort of intellectual one that can see through all the chaos and pick that, you know, perfect bet. The world's a lot messier now. So as a result, we need to be able to deal with that inner turmoil of not knowing what the exact answer is. And also then showing that vulnerability into our teams to say, well, I'm surrounded by six or eight or 10 or 20 really bright and, um, you know, experienced people they've all got very different lifestyles, perspectives, experiences from their careers and if we all come together to try and answer this question in the best way possible and then we can you know relax and trust that that's the best thinking we possibly had knowing that actually we might need to navigate and change direction that's a very very different approach than saying you know on the 1st of January 2023 this is the way the year's going to go out cascade that message down and make everyone in the machine compliant. So the second insight that's very different, uh, but really thought-provoking fits a similar thing, really. It's it's from Owen Eastwood. So you might know that Owen is the best-selling author of the book, Belonging, a fascinating book. I did some work with Owen for the South African cricket team where we looked at their purpose and identity. So a really great thinker. And in this particular element, it actually comes from his book, Belonging, which should be on your Christmas list if it isn't. Um, He talks about the Polynesian navigators. Now, who would have thought we'd be discussing that this lunchtime, but definitely a good insight for us about setting this vision uh, and taking some historical perspective along the way.
0: So I've learned a lot about visioning (coughs) from the ancient Polynesian navigators. And although it might seem very remote, it was a thousand years ago, I actually think it's very applicable to all pursuits today. Because what happened is that the world they were in was unsustainable. Um, The people that I come from were living on an island which is only 64 square miles. And they couldn't sustain their way of life even though they've been there for a thousand years. You know there was climate change, there was overpopulation, there was warring. And so the leaders realized that we're going to have to move to a new world. And I, I think that's analogous with lots of businesses and lots of different teams and organisations today. So the first thing they did is to try and visualise what would be better than this. What would be a good place for us to carry on and maintain and build on what we've already got. And they say so they use their imagination to do that. And it had to be a bigger space and it had to have certain things about it in terms of you know, sea and land and forests and all the rest of it. So they visualized what this could be. Then they looked around them in their own environment for clues. And for the ancient Polynesian navigators, they actually locked onto the whales and different birds' migration patterns. And they knew they were going down south every year the same time of the year. So they suspected there would be land down there. So they were just using all their experience and all their observation to point them in a certain direction. But once they started out on their voyage, they were masters at navigation. And I think they had something like 16 different names for currents. They had a star compass, I think, of 24 or um, different directions and different wind directions and all had their own names. They had an unbelievable knowledge of the detail. Um, so it was marrying those two things together, this high level vision, these big clues as to where we want to go, and then the detail just to navigate. And as I would say, you know, let the detail reveal itself and let the islands come to us. That was their expression. And I still think that is actually a brilliant way of you know evolving and moving a business or any team forward now. So I love that insight that we've got this,
2: you know, sense that we have to set this high-level intent of of heading south. We're going to use some of these big clues. But ultimately what they're talking about is a deep expertise in the environment or in the market or in the conditions or in the sport. But then the most important thing is they do kick off the bank and they set sail. They set sail, not knowing where the land is, but they trust themselves to read the conditions and make these tiny pivot points as they go. So really interesting from Owen. And um, while we're in the platform, I'll just show you quickly Owen's insights. Um, He's got some brilliant ones around uh, England football, Um, So if you're a football fan, uh, Owen was part of the cultural identity work with Gareth Southgate. So definitely worth looking up for that. Those ones on on England football and also the Olympics uh, that he's worked on. So really, really interesting cultural aspects. So we've ultimately got this big choice to make. And and it doesn't have to be, um, you know, a, a binary choice. It can be a blend. But on the left-hand side here, we've got data, you know, all the analytics telling us that there is a way that the sort of past modeling tells us that this is the way we're trying to control the system. And this is how we're going to make our decisions and and lean forward into 2023. And on the right-hand side, we've got this, well, we don't know what's going to unfold. We've got brilliant balance. We've got brilliant skills. We've got brilliant um, navigating uh, insight but we really need to see how the wave moves before we can, you know, start to tell you where we're going to go. And this is much more based on deep expertise, deep connections, mass collaboration across the team, and making lots and lots of pivots across the organization. So this is the big debate that we're going to look at. So on the control side, we've got a hierarchy and authority. We've got the last year's data is pretty much telling us what the trend is and we're gonna use that to make a concrete strategy and goals. We're gonna have these tight accountabilities and we're gonna base it on rules and expectations. And ultimately, we're gonna have a really tight model that's gonna be based on compliance. Whereas on the more agile and adaptable side, we're gonna have open collaborative decisions. So this is where Jutta said, well, I can give you my best guess, but I don't really know. So I really welcome input from my top team. We're going to create these what if scenarios that say, okay, well, if the wind blew here or if the currents took us there, how would we get back on course? What would we do? And they trust their instincts through this experimentation and teams coming together, maybe diverse teams from across an organization to solve particular issues over maybe a month period, um, you know, as a sprint. And there's less of these rules where you have to do this, this and this. But it's more of a principle the customer comes first or we respect our teammates rather than you have to be in at nine o'clock and, and finish at five and as a result we get people who feel like they're much more empowered and engaged in being part of the solution as well as the strategy um, and that's a very very different model so after this period of the event we went into some fascinating discussions in the breakouts and the key theme was a shift in the leadership away from this all-knowing, certain, iconic leader and towards uh, a more authentic coaching style of leadership that sets that high-level intent and direction but then empowers and unlocks the creativity and diversity in the team to design and execute the details of the plan. And that makes everyone feel part of it rather than being compliant to somebody else's idea of what might go on in the turbulence actually much more uh, collaborative so for me there's definitely something in this ability to back yourself and stay nimble uh, and trying to create a mindset that's courageous and collaborative and if anyone's been watching the england cricket team of late then they'll have pretty much seen they've nailed it ben stokes the captain and Baz mccullum the new coach seem to have generated this exhilarating approach which blends the tradition of the patient test cricket with this high-risk tolerance and dynamism of 2020 cricket. Their recent win in Pakistan this week was a remarkable victory, and it looks such an amazing place to express yourself and a fun place to play with your mates. So maybe that's the way forward, setting ambitious goals and then having the courage and trust in yourself and each other to execute the plan in a really strong team culture. So whatever your plans are in the next week, I hope that you're starting to slow down and plan for the festive break. I've just delivered my last few corporate sessions of the year. But if you do need any support with webinars and events for next year, then just drop me a note through to hello at SportingEdge.com and we'll be able to reserve a date in the diary for your sessions. Remember to look for the link in the show notes for that session around the winning mindset in the end of January. It'd be brilliant if you could join us for that. It's a one hour interactive session and I'd love to meet you on that call. And I also just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who's been sharing the show this year with their network. Uh, And if you're pacing up and down your house or office trying to think what you can buy me for Christmas, you can stop because all I've asked Santa for is some five star reviews. So if you found benefit in the show this year, found it inspirational and found our guests really helpful with what you're going through, then please just pause for a moment and add a five-star twinkle or comment as you go. The big question is, are you going to plan your Christmas festivities and lunch with forensic precision? Or like those Polynesian uh, mariners, are you going to just go with the flow and let the detail reveal itself? Either way, it's food for thought. I hope you have a great week and I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside the Mind of Champions. Connect with Jeremy's LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram links in today's show notes to receive the latest insights from his work. If you'd like to get access to Sporting Edge's digital library or book Jeremy for a conference speech or webinar, then please visit www.sportingedge.com or email
1: hello at sportingedge.com.